Welcome to the Mom Enomics Podcast. I am your host, Booth Parker, mom, wife, and certified public accountant. I am passionate about, about all things family, home, and finance. This week on the podcast, I am continuing in the series, Paying for College. If you missed last week's episode, be sure to go take a listen to part one. Today, we are going to be talking about 529 plans. As you may recall from last week's episode, we talked about some important terminology, and one of those terms was the EFC, the Expected Family Contribution, as determined by the FAFSA. This is the amount that your family is expected to be able to contribute towards the cost of college. We also spoke about the term gapping, and this is the difference between the net price, not the sticker price we spoke about, but the net price and the EFC. This gapping amount is where students often need to obtain a loan if the family doesn't have the funds to cover it. A 529 savings plan is a great way to be saving funds to put towards both EFC and potential gapping. So what exactly is a 529 plan? A 529 plan is a qualified tuition plan that is a tax advantage savings plan to save for future education costs. There are two types, a prepaid tuition plan and an education savings plan. The education savings plan is the more common and is the one we are focusing on today. It works similar to a Roth IRA in that you invest after-tax dollars and the investment grows tax-deferred and the withdrawals are tax-free if used for qualified education expenses. 529 plans are sponsored by the states. There is at least one plan sponsored in every state, and that means the state determines the rules and limits for the plan. However, most plans don't have a residency requirement, meaning you don't have to be a resident of the state plan you choose. If you are interested in a plan from another state than your state of residency, be sure to confirm the residency requirements for that plan though. And just because the states sponsor these plans, it does not mean that they guarantee the plans. So as with most investments, there is a level of risk. Most portfolio options include mutual funds and ETFs, which are exchange traded funds. However, there are plans with products that are FDIC insured. You want to choose a plan that is in line with your risk level. There are also age-based portfolios that become more conservative as they approach the age of withdrawal to limit market-type disruptions to the portfolio. 529 plans have preset investment options that you choose from. There is the ability to change your investment option, but there is a limit on how often you can do that. As with most investment accounts, there are some fees associated with the plans, so be sure to review that uh, fee structure. And with other, like with other investments, time is your friend. So get started on this as early as you can. There are many plans that can be opened with as low as a $25 contribution, and then additional contributions can be made as often as desired. While there are not limits on the annual contributions to a 529 plan, 
They are considered gifts in regards to the annual gift tax exclusion. That amount for 2023 is currently $17,000. If you're planning to do more than that, you're going to want to consult your uh, tax professional. A 529 plan contribution can be a great option <clears throat> for relatives and friends that want to give to your child. Just think about the grandparents giving less toys and a nice 529 plan contribution at Christmas. And grandparents can own the plan, but under current law, it is generally more beneficial for the parents to own the plan. I'll cover that more in just a minute. One other important thing to remember is that the 529 plan can only have one beneficiary. So if you have multiple children, you will need a plan for each one as a beneficiary of their own plan. Let's move on to what the plan covers. So what is a qualified education expense that can be withdrawn tax-free? A qualified education expense under the 529 plan includes tuition and fees, room and board, books, supplies, equipment like a computer. Tuition also does include up to $10,000 a year for a K-12 school, not just college or university. Qualified expenses do not include transportation or health insurance. And the expenses must be withdrawn in the same year incurred. So you can't take a withdrawal in, say, December for tuition due and paid in January. Qualified education expense withdrawals are not subject to federal income tax, and in most states, not subject to state income tax. But what other tax implications are there with the 529 plan? Well, this can depend on the state and the plan chosen. So again, you want to understand your plan thoroughly before you commit to it. Maybe worth consulting your tax professional before you commit to a plan. And some states do allow tax deductions for the contributions that you make to your plan. So depending on your state of residency and your plan, you may be eligible for those deductions. Again, that's where that tax professional is going to come in handy. But what if withdrawals are made that are not for qualified education expenses? Withdrawals that are not for qualified education expenses are subjected to a 10% penalty as well as federal and state income tax. The penalty and tax is assessed on the earnings portion of the withdrawal, uh, not the full amount. So for example, if you had contributed $10,000 and the plan had grown to $15,000 and you withdrew that entire amount, only that $5,000 of growth would be subjected to the penalty and tax. Do note there are a few exceptions to that 10% penalty depending on your situation. What if my child doesn't go to college or doesn't use all of the funds in the 529 plan? You can change the beneficiary and use the funds for another child or grandchild. You can also make yourself the beneficiary if you want to go back to school. And this is a big one. Beginning in 2024, you can roll over up to $35,000 from the 529 plan into a Roth IRA. There are some requirements for this, such as the length of time the uh, 529 plan has been open, but they're not overly stringent or complex. So this rollover is a great way to start a retirement plan for your children or the, the child if the funds are not used for college.
Will a 529 plan affect the FAFSA and financial aid eligibility? Currently, if someone owns the 529 plan, other than the student or the custodial parent, that 529 plan could negatively impact financial aid eligibility more than one owned by the student or custodial parent. However, there is a new simplified FAFSA rolling out uh, in 24-25 that will create changes that are more favorable to someone else, such as a grandparent owning the 529 plan. That new FAFSA will also replace that term EFC, that expected family contribution, with the new term SAI Student Aid Index. While the formula for the SAI is similar to that of the current EFC, it is important to note that families with multiple children in college at the same time will be treated differently. This change especially could negatively affect middle and high income earners in their calculation. So this is where a 529 plan may be a good option for families that fall into that category. All in all, a 529 plan can be a great option for a lot of families, but it is something that you need to do your homework on before you commit to it. There are a lot of plans to choose from, so you want to make sure you decide on one that is most in line with your risk level and your goals. The average cost of college tuition has risen over 179% in the last 20 years. Start planning for college when your children are young. Let time be on your side while the plan is growing. There are simple ways to fund your plan each month, and of course, let the grandparents and other relatives know about it. Student loan debt is a huge burden on young adults graduating from college. Early planning and saving can greatly reduce and maybe even eliminate the need for student loans. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for part three of the series where we will talk about those student loans I just mentioned. If you have any questions, my email is included in the show notes. I have also included links to some 529 resources in the show notes. And remember, All content on this podcast is educational in nature and is not considered financial advice. Look forward to having you tune in next time.